All right, final question for this interview. Why should we hire you? What can you offer us that others cannot? Oh, actually, my best friend, Joseph Gutierrez, is also working in this company. Oh, is that so? Yes, I know him. Yeah, and he didn't even graduate high school and you hired him. I am a college graduate and so I can offer more. I'm sorry, what? Joseph told us that he graduated college. He even provided a diploma. Um, oops. It was fun at work day yesterday, so we thought that we should talk about that. And not just that, actually, but work cultural differences as well, since Ray and I have each worked in three different countries. Yeah, and culture shock is actually a topic that was requested by my friend Graham. So this episode, we will be answering that in part. Now, obviously, our first jobs were in the Philippines, so that's where we'll begin. It's actually been a while, though, since we were new hires in the Philippines, right? Yes, that's right. So what is it like being a new hire in the Philippines? This was more than a decade ago for me anyway. And I think for you as well, right? Yes. So I'm not entirely sure if you know it's the same, but I don't think things would have changed so drastically, right? Maybe not. Just so you know, that's where we're coming from. I actually had a few jobs while there in the Philippines, and it's for three different cities. Wow. Davao, Sambuanga, and Makati. And they were also for very different jobs. I was quite fickle-minded when I was young. (laughs) So (laughs) I had a lot of entry-level jobs. Despite the difference, being a new hire still had a lot of similarities. The same thing about them is that if it's an entry-level, usually you would have a lot of batchmates, right? Mm. My batchmates, most of them anyway, were around my age, early 20s. So it was very easy to make new friends in the company because we were all on the same page. I think we discussed this in our episode about 30s, right? Like how it's Mm. so easy to make friends when you're in your 20s. Yes. Because of that and also the fact that Filipinos are usually very friendly and we also immediately feel close. Like, you know, you've just met this person for an hour and suddenly you feel like you connect easily. So it wasn't an issue at all to be friends with these instantly or to just have lunch with these batchmates and then suddenly adding them on social media, right? Was it the same for you? It's almost automatic. (laughs) You would hang out, go for lunches and become best friends on day one. Yes. I only had one job in the Philippines and it was in Makati. Mm-hmm. Similar to you, I had a lot of batchmates. And in fact, I had classmates as well in mm-hmm. university who started the same company, same as me. And so it, it was easy to transition. And as per usual, during the first day, you would go around, meet new people and you introduce yourself and you get to meet a lot of people. And it's so hard to remember and memorize, <laughs> yeah. you know, put a name to the face, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really not good with names. For me, my default is if I forgot the name and if it's a guy i would just call him sir like it's in the philippines <laughs> right we, we, we call oh, each other oh yeah yeah that's fine yes exactly normally on the first day we, we would have team lunch with, with your teammates because they wouldn't think that you would have an instant friend yeah yeah so they would schedule something team lunch yeah so i think the team lunch would be perfect to get to know you more and i think one more thing that's common in the philippines for new hires is like there's really a lot of time for you to be training for like maybe two weeks what is the training called induction training yes they don't immediately throw you out 
out into the field. Yeah. It's like going to school. Especially if you're a new graduate like myself, like joining a firm, you're fresh out of university. So you wouldn't know anything. So yep. standard to let you undergo a lot of trainings. One of the companies I was for was a bank. So mm. they actually sent us to Manila. So we flew to Makati wow. and then we stayed at this condo and then we had to go for training for, I think it was two weeks. We were being trained as tellers. So you need to know the system and all that. Well, that, that was an interesting training for you because the company invested in you flying to Manila. Mm-hmm, you stay. Yeah. But, but then you didn't stay long in that bank. Yes. If I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Maybe three months <laughs> and then I left. Okay, when we were not training anymore, what was the mm. experience like when you were with your team? Looking back, I had a lot of fun working in the Philippines because we Filipinos, we are very jolly. We chit-chat a lot. But that's something that I miss. Uh, yeah, We, we yeah. really have deep relationships with our mm-hmm. colleagues because we spend a lot of time getting to know each other. And that relationship extends beyond the office as well. Like we would go out together. Yeah, you end up being like truly friends with the Filipinos because of that. Because we spent a lot of time chit-chatting, which to other people would be like, okay, you guys have no sense of urgency because you would rather <laughs> chit-chat than to work. It's very informal, casual, and we're all friends. And then lunches would be very jolly and lively. Like mm-hmm. It's something that I always look forward to. Yep. Because it's not just dining, but it's also a meal with friends and strike a lot of conversations. It's a way of catching up. When you go and have lunch, you can actually eat in, what, 15 minutes or so, but you would stay yep. for the entire hour just chit-chatting about like oh what's happening in your life yeah that's why it's more fun in the philippines (laughs) (laughs) yes So Ray and I both ended up working in Singapore for the same company. But before that, before I met Ray, during my first job, I didn't have any lunch mates because none of my teammates asked me to join them. I think there were four of us and we were not supposed to all have lunch at the same time. Ah, somebody has to man the fort. Yeah, so I usually just ended up eating lunch by myself. I would buy a sandwich and then I would eat it while reading a book in one of the benches outside the office. This was a long time ago when smartphones were not a thing. So that is why I had to read a book. <laughs> so I would have yeah. something to do. <laughs> My second job, it was for a local company. So the lunch mm. was free there. Eh? There was a guy who was a Chinese guy who didn't understand English. So it was a struggle to tell him what I wanted for lunch. And at one point, I was trying to tell him fish. I tried to tell it in Chinese. I couldn't pronounce mm-hmm. it properly. I think it's yi, <laughs> but that's not how you pronounce it. I don't know how to pronounce it until now. <laughs> and then he didn't understand. So finally, I decided to like make a fish swimming motion and then he got it ah okay and then the next day he asked me what do I want and then he made a fish swimming motion (laughs) oh so you have a Pictionary moment every (laughs) lunch but I would usually eat the lunch on my desk because my Mm. role at the time was like all in one like accountant slash cashier slash all sorts of things if there were customers who came in during lunch break then I still needed to entertain them so that's why Mm. I had to eat on my lunch break gotcha the difference I guess with the locals and the Filipinos they are not as feeling close as Filipinos Mm. they're not cold but they're just formal they just don't immediately warm up to you so it was not 
not as easy to make friends with non-Filipinos in my experience. What about you? Was that the same for you? Yeah, I would say in my first company in Singapore, mm-hmm. in that company, there were a lot of Filipinos. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really feel anything different because I had a lot of batchmates and most of them were Filipinos. So it wasn't really a big transition. Yep. But when I moved to another company in Singapore, it was very multicultural. Like I was the only Filipino and my team was like very diverse. My boss was British. I have a colleague who was Pakistani, Indian, Chinese, oh. Indonesian, Malaysian, and of course, Singaporeans. And then on my first day lunch, so I, I didn't have lunch with my team, but mm-hmm. I met two colleagues who became my friends. Uh, they were Malaysians. We had lunch together and I recall we went to a milk tea shop. Milk tea for lunch? What? Uh, no, no, after lunch. After <laughs> okay, lunch. Okay, okay, got it. We went to Gongcha and then I asked them, hey, did you know that Gongcha is owned by Pussycat Dolls. Are they? (laughs) And they were like, really? I said, yeah. This shop is owned by Pussycat Dolls and they even made a jingle out of it. Mm -hmm. And then with a matching dance, I sang, (laughs) Gongcha wish your girlfriend was hot like me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. What did they say? (laughs) And they were so shocked and... You know, after that, we ultimately became, you know, best of friends. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's probably easier to make friends when eventually you show that silly side of you. Yes. Once you remove all the, how do you say that? The masks. Or guards. The masks. Yeah, yeah. And you just let your true self, you show it to your friends. Yeah. You show them your vulnerability. (laughs) Yeah. So I see your true colors. Mm. (laughs) There are two outcomes, right? Either Mm -hmm. they will welcome you and embrace you with open arms or (laughs) they will just, what the hell? is wrong with this guy are you crazy (laughs) i think that worked out for me as well Mm. my last teammates in singapore most of them were singaporean but of course it wasn't like that at the very beginning like i wasn't as brave as you who on the first day immediately (laughs) showed them your true colors probably took me a a while but then you know once you show your true self they also show their true selves and they it was just kind of like being back in the philippines i would say Mm. which like a lot of my friends were surprised about like really your singaporean friends are like that (laughs) Because they're also wacky. But I Mm. guess it's because, you know, if you're wacky, then they will be more willing to show their wacky side. For all you know, Mm. all the Singaporeans are like that. They're just shy. They just don't want to show their true self. They just don't want to be the first person to show. Exactly, yeah. They don't want to be labeled. Yeah. So because Singaporeans, we find that compared to Filipinos anyway, they are a lot more Mm. formal. Like, for example, they're not touchy-feely people at all. Like, Mm. they rarely hug. But they are really nice people, though. It's just that they don't immediately warm up. I think it really helps, though, if you go out with them for lunch. Because that's an informal setting. And then, you know, people let their guards down easier around such Mm. scenarios. Sometimes if people are not too comfortable with each other because, you know, they're new, they would hesitate to ask to join for lunch so might as well make the first move because you're the one new anyways yeah you're expected to help yourself and (laughs) try to look for lunch mates yeah i think so that's probably true for people who are already mid-career like if you're new joiner fresh from university Mm -hmm. chances are you have a lot of batch mates but if you resigned and transferred to another company chances are you are the only new person yep and so you have to help yourself and connect invite yourself to lunch or strike conversations to make friends. Probably also if you joined somewhere else mid-career, like for example, you joined as a manager, tendency is the 
new hires are afraid of you, mm. they will not be the first one to invite you somewhere. Yeah. So you need to be the one to actually initiate that. Like I remember mm. when our VP joined us, she was the one who initiated like, oh, let's have lunch. Usually, right, VPs would not have lunch with entry-level people. But mm. since then, we decided to have lunch with her all the time and we became close. Well, the good thing about Singapore is the workplace is very diverse and multicultural mm-hmm. that it's easy in a sense that yep. there's no dominant culture. Ah, uh, yeah, um, you're right. That's stopping people from interacting. And because everyone's unique, everyone's from everywhere else. Yeah. And so it's easier to get along with people. Singapore is actually a multi-ethnic society. Like even their own residents or their locals are categorized into four main racial groups, Chinese, mm. Malay, Indian and others. So because of that, because of the diversity, even amongst their own people, they're all used to diversity. They're also all used to being able to speak in English. Mm. That's why it's easier for them to talk to foreigners like us. Yes. They still prefer speaking in Mandarin amongst themselves, but they don't have difficulty in speaking in English. Yeah, and like, for right. example, the Philippines, right? Like most Filipinos, we are pretty homogeneous. Mm. If in Manila, we prefer speaking in Tagalog. When suddenly there's a foreigner thrust in your midst we panic we are good at English in reading or mm. in, in writing but when we need to That's speak we are suddenly very like we <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> don't know how to speak in English all of a sudden one of these days we will talk about that in an episode as to why do we feel that way so maybe it's a good segue so we've talked about Singapore now maybe let's talk about other countries that we experienced so when I left Singapore we transitioned to Japan and mm-hmm. similar to what you mentioned to the Philippines it's a very homogeneous country in our country company, 99% of my colleagues were Japanese. And I also had that difficulty, you know, when when I was introduced around, it's so hard to remember names that you're not familiar with. Yeah. I wish and hope that people were wearing name cards. Oh, yeah, but that's not common. It's not common. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, even if they were wearing name cards, (laughs) I wouldn't be able to read anyways because they (laughs) would be written in Japanese. (laughs) Damn, yeah, you're right. Probably the difference that I've noticed is they are very efficient with lunch. Do they eat it at their desk or not? Yeah, most of the time they would just get something from the convenience store Mm -hmm. and then eat on the desk. So they're very efficient. Right. 15 minutes stops and they're done. And then for some colleagues, Mm -hmm. they actually sleep or have a nap after lunch. Oh, it's the same thing here. They would eat their lunch very quickly and then take a nap. They recharge for the day. Yeah, (laughs) they don't even have alarm clocks. Like the body clock just knows that it's already 1pm, I need to wake up. But, But then for some people who who can't wake up HR would walk around and then shake their <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> somebody goes Seriously, around and shake. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Probably because they're so used to it mm-hmm. already. Like, okay, some people would prefer having naps. Yeah, I mean, it's time. a cultural thing. And yeah. that, you know, it's culturally acceptable to do that. Yeah, it's very acceptable. And one main difference as well is the cost. Lunch here would typically cost 10 US dollars. Or that's oh, about it's a lot pesos. more expensive than Singapore. It's very expensive. Yeah. yeah. And if you like your coffee in Starbucks and all that that's mm-hmm. additional three to four dollars just to compare Singapore you could actually buy three Singapore dollar meal right yeah what is that equivalent to US dollars two two dollars yeah which is a huge difference yes yeah not just the Filipinos but Singaporeans like to bond with their friends over lunch mm. also so that's the yeah. that's something we have in common with Singaporeans I don't think I ever saw someone napping at their desk in Singapore did you <laughs> in I don't Singapore, think that no, one no. I haven't seen that definitely well. that wasn't a thing but is it similar in, Sing- in 
in Hong Kong, you, you alluded to earlier. A few of my teammates actually do. They eat lunch at their desk or if they don't eat lunch at their desk, they eat it quickly and then mm. they would go back to their desk and sleep. <laughs> if you walk through the area over lunchtime, you would see a lot of people sleeping on their desks. But yeah. I don't think I've seen HR shaking them awake. <laughs> but I don't think I could ever see myself doing that. It's a bit awkward for women. Like, for example, you have makeup on and you wake up like your makeup is always... <laughs> for you in Japan, even women do it or no? Now that you mentioned that, I haven't noticed. Yeah, mostly guys. Yeah, I think it's not a thing for women. Hong Kong, new hire. I joined mid-career, so that's the difference that we mentioned. Like, it's not as easy to make friends because of the mid-career and also because of the language barrier. Mm. People in Hong Kong, they're kind of like Filipinos. I noticed that some of them are afraid to speak to me in English, probably because they feel that they do not really speak English that well. Mm. Their English is fine if it's in emails and chats and whatnot. But if I suddenly approach one of them and try to speak to them, they look very scared. I, I don't know if I just look scary or what but <laughs> maybe maybe it's just me who looks scary all along <laughs> but I think especially the young ones maybe it's a combination like uh, you know you're somebody who's of a higher position maybe they got intimidated I usually don't eat with anyone for lunch because my teammates as I said most of them just eat at their desk and sleep but even mm. though those who do eat with other people in the pantry I notice that they're all young people and they're all speaking in Cantonese so I think it would be awkward if I inserted myself all of a sudden into this it's a good thing you mentioned about asking for lunch because I just remembered that mm-hmm. that's the same case that happened to me in Japan. Mm-hmm. My teammates usually have their own lunch plans. So mm-hmm. what I did was w- whenever I bump into somebody in the pantry or wherever, mm-hmm. I, I would start a small talk. Like, hey, how are you? Uh, how was your weekend? Where do you go? And all that. Mm-hmm. And then right after that chit chat, I would, hey, we should go lunch sometime. Ah, yeah, that's and a then, good idea. Yes. And then they would say, yeah, we should do that. And then right after mm-hmm. when I'm back in my desk, I would send an invite and like lunch tomorrow or whatever yeah and then just let me know if it works or any other schedule that you want so that's expanding your network as well yeah true that's a good idea if your teammates are busy then Mm -hmm. there's a lot more people that you can hey are you free for lunch let's go somewhere there's this izakaya place or there's this barbecue place that i like something like that i just realized that hong kong and japan are similar in a sense that yeah people here are also very reserved and kind of intimidated to speak in english and one example i i remember there was this company event we went to a casual drinking bar and mm-hmm. everybody was enjoying Japanese sake and then a colleague of mine approached me mm-hmm. and then he said you know what I've been avoiding you in the office and I said huh? <laughs> why? and I asked him why mm-hmm. did I do something wrong I said no 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 no. I'm not very confident in speaking in English he was like but you're speaking perfect <laughs> English right now I don't know was it the alcohol boosting his confidence or okay. helping him remember the English that he knew I don't know what happened but ever since that conversations we would go lunches and and all that so Mm. he was a little bit awkward speaking in english but Mm -hmm. that helped me because i was trying to learn japanese oh right right so you can ask him like to test your japanese on him yeah i can help him improve his english he can help me improve my japanese i can understand their fear because in philippines we are also like that i remember in the philippines Mm. our big boss was indian Mm. whenever he was around like all of us was gonna talk to him no split no split (laughs) but then of course eventually you get to practice your English, then you are more comfortable because we had to leave the Philippines, right? Mm.
one disadvantage that we have in the Philippines is that we are very sensitive. Yeah. We're easily offended. Whereas for other nationalities, if you deal with someone and he says something like seems too harsh or something, it's just business. It's just part of work. Doesn't mean that I hate you personally. Mm. You just did something wrong. But Philippines, we tend to not separate that. Yeah. Since we moved to Singapore, like a lot of my friends have had instances wherein they found out that someone in the Philippines got offended by something that they said via email. Wow. Because maybe they read it in a different tone or whatever. And then they would say, this is the email I sent. Is this offensive? And like, it's not. Yeah. So we're very non-confrontational. And that's a problem because in Singapore and in some Western companies, Mm -hmm. it's very direct. They really speak their minds, very frank, very candid. And Mm -hmm. so if you're not used to it, as a Filipino, yes, you would feel offended because you treat everybody as (laughs) friends. And then all of a sudden... Why are you attacking me? That's what it feels. Why are you attacking me? But Mm -hmm. that's normal, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. in a meeting, there's always disagreement and that's how a company grows mm-hmm. by you presenting your arguments, opposing opinions, and that's how a typical Western meeting is like, which is a good segue <laughs> because in Japan, the meetings are very different. Oh, really? How? It's very structured. Oh. I've been into three companies now here in Japan and in one of the companies, that's the kind of scenario, like meetings are very structured. Mm-hmm. There's even a spreadsheet detailing how the meeting would go, where you're supposed to it. Wow, okay. How many copies of the agenda needs to be printed? How many black and white? How many colored? It's so detailed. Oh my God, it's, okay. It's very standardized. And uh-huh. I suppose there's a good plus side to that because it's a regular meeting. Standardizing it just makes sense. Yep. But to me, I'm not used to it. Yeah, it's too structured. You, you would feel everything is scripted because people would prepare what they want to say and mm-hmm. then once everybody has said their piece, <laughs> that's it. That's the end of the meeting. Okay, so what about team outings? Mm. Like, how did we have them, right? In the Philippines, I remember usually the team outings would involve team bonding games. Ah, Like, usually they would hire some external people to facilitate it, right? And then usually you would, like, be broken down into teams and then you would even Mm. have, like, a special shirt like the red team versus the green team. And it usually involves this, you know, like trust games. We had the tower building using drinking straw. And then? I think we were only given an unlimited number of scotch tape to kind of put them together. And there were several categories that you need to follow. Uh-huh. And there were prices for the tallest building, <laughs> okay, you know, sturdiest building, and they would put an electric fan beside the structure. Uh-huh. And they would test it, okay, Typhoon signal number one, and then they would press number one on the oh my electric fan okay. and see and test if your structure would okay. w- would not topple down by the electric fan. So it's, it's fun. It's usually team building activities like that to foster teamwork, camaraderie. Yeah, and yeah. I think that helped though, like especially if, if you don't know everyone very well mm. and you have a chance to get to know someone better because of this activity. So I do like those, but I don't think that was very common in Singapore at all. Obviously, Hong Kong, I cannot speak about that because of the pandemic again. What about Japan? Did you have those? No, we definitely didn't have anything similar to what we have in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. One special event that I can't forget in Japan is when I helped organize and hosted the Christmas party. What happened? I I, I volunteered and and I said... Sorry, you mentioned that Christmas is not really celebrated in Japan. How come you had a Christmas party? Oh, sorry. It's not called Christmas party. It's a a year-end party. Okay, got it. Okay, but it was Christmas. 
Christmas themed. Yeah, it was Christmas themed. Okay, yeah. so sorry, go on. Probably because I was the organizer. And so I, <laughs> okay. So. okay. But it's a year-end event. Okay, it's a year-end party. And mm-hmm. then I suggested we, we do an opening dance number. How did people react to that? And people were like, really? Like, <laughs> but, but because I was the lead organizer, and okay. so they didn't have a choice. They had to follow me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but it was really fun. Yeah, I should yeah. share the video. Yeah, yeah, maybe we could in, put in it in the links case. if you have it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. In the Philippines, it's very normal, right, to have these dance numbers and singing numbers. Mm. It was a common practice. Like, if you're a new hire, you have to get involved in a dance number. Yes. Like, most companies have this policy. And when I told my Singaporean friends about this, they were like, what? Why? (laughs) So Why would we do that? Even in Singapore, when we were in the same company and then we had these year-end parties... Usually, mm. uh, it's just dinner and dance. I remember mm-hmm. the first D&D that I had in Singapore. It was in our same company. Yep. It was very formal. Yep. And then I recall, for starters, there were hors d'oeuvres. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's just finger food. And <laughs> oh my I'm God. starving, then, right? Uh-huh. It's very different from our experience. Yeah, Philippines, yeah, yeah. when we have year-end party, food is like Buffet the or there's so yeah, many. It's, you, yeah, it's almost always buffet. Mm-hmm. There, there's just a lot of food, but... My experience there was like, hey, where's the food? Is this it? Like, they were serving uh, foie gras and very small portions. Like, but where's the rice? (laughs) Yeah, because in Chinese buffets or Chinese Mm. dinners, the rice is served at the very end. Like, it's the ninth course or something. Like, for Filipinos, how can I start eating? The rice is not yet here. (laughs) And you can't do that because they would need to clear out the dishes or the the plates. Exactly. Maybe for the first dish, you missed it completely because you were waiting for the rice and then wait they already took away the food (laughs) i haven't started eating yeah so it's usually just um they hire some band Mm. and then at the end they would open up the dance floor and in our specific company right the singaporeans there wouldn't even be the first ones to go to the dance floor yes it's usually the caucasians or the filipinos obviously and then once we hit the dance floor i think a few of them would start joining but a lot of them were just sitting there and watching us which was weird <laughs> They're a bit more reserved, as we said. Is it the same thing mm. you think in Japan? In Japan, yes. Parties here, very formal as well. Once alcohol is served, I think everything gets easier. <laughs> yeah, true, that. true, true. <laughs> and actually, um, two years ago, I think I went to India, and it happened that mm. while I was there, some big shot guy was also there. So they threw like a party for the whole department in a club, and then mm. like everyone, like the moment the songs began, nobody had to who's gonna go. Like they all just suddenly went there and started dancing the Indians I mean ah. so they were very similar to Filipinos mm. Filipinos are just more energetic more into mm. performing also like we are yeah. not shy at all about singing or dancing or performing or putting on skits yes <laughs> And actually, we enjoy that. If a party is just a band, it's like very boring. It's more interesting yeah. if you see your own people up there. Yeah. And actually, in the in, in Singapore, right, a few times they've thrown contests like for the mid-year parties. The mm-hmm. price is 3000 Singapore dollars. That's a huge amount. How much yeah. is that in Philippine pesos? It's like over 100,000, right? But yeah. you only have like three groups sign up. In the Philippines, mm-hmm. you would have probably have had 20 groups or something. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> 
I think the highlight in almost all year-end parties that I've been to is the lottery. They would give away prizes, raffle draw. But I don't know. I, I always have bad luck. I've <laughs> never won in a company raffle before. Have you? Yes, I have. Really? Oh, wow. In the Philippines, I once won like a Discman, which at the time was nice. expensive for me. In Singapore, mm. I won like a $500 travel voucher. Nice. There's a funny story behind that. So we were at the table and they were announcing that $500 travel voucher goes to so right mm. before he says goes to I said come to mama Heidi Abarido and then suddenly said Heidi Abarido and my takeaways <laughs> were like what? <laughs> Maybe that's the technique okay let me follow that yeah. I'll, I'll do that Yeah, you should announce your name the first prizes are usually very very I don't know lucrative MacBook or iPhone yeah MacBook what else iPad Apple watches our friend Gemma yeah. she actually won an iPad oh wow nice and that event we were so drunk because there was free flowing liquid her mm-hmm. and then she was haggling with somebody else who won an iPhone. She was saying, Come on, we should switch. She should switch. Like, are you okay? Why are you doing this? <laughs> was she successful? No, she wasn't because no. the iPhone is more expensive. <laughs> you see, alcohol gives you confidence, man. And I think that party was one of the most enjoyable year end parties that we had because of the alcohol. <laughs> Because it oh, yeah. made everybody more loose. Yes. We became so drunk to the point that, you know, Gemma was crying on one side and demanding that we bring her home and Mildred and I didn't care. We're like, Ralph, just bring Gemma home. We're just gonna go somewhere else. Like, suddenly our true colors also showed up. We're horrible <laughs> friends when we're drunk. Horrible friends. <laughs> Alcohol really brings out the best and the worst out of people. Mm. And there's almost always an after party for those who still want to drink more. Dance more. Yep. And you have to go somewhere else and then before I remember we would like only drink if somebody offered to pay for drinks because in Singapore the drinks are expensive yeah. remember so yeah. you were like oh I hope like some VP would decide shoulder. to <laughs> shoulder all the expense <laughs> <laughs> usually it was Dara yeah I remember Dara thank you Dara thank you Dara if ever you're listening to this thank you for all our free drinks the culture of the company also impacts, right, all, all, all our events or the special stuff that happens within the company. In our office before, we had free beer and chips on Fridays. Ah, yes. There's a lot of Irish people. And they love to drink. And so... <laughs> yeah, so we, we had that. Aside from the beer and the chips, the atmosphere was really loose. Like in the pantry, there was foosball. Oh, yeah. You can just, on your free time, play. And I remember also there's free fresh milk. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Country, right? And then I remember receiving a company memo from HR <laughs> saying that employees are not allowed to bring home a gallon of fresh milk <laughs> because apparently people were bringing them home. I mean, it's supposed to be for office consumption. Yeah. But people were like, <laughs> oh my god, yes, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That? I remember that. that. I remember that. That was funny. And we also had free drinks. Usually, the canned drinks, Coke, and all that. Of course, being Filipinos, being what's the term, patay gutom. <laughs> How do you translate patay gutom in English? Dead hungry. <laughs> in a way, but I guess in this scenario, we mean like when we have something for free, we just like take advantage of it. Mm. In Singapore, every single company I worked for had free cat drinks. And then the first time that we experienced that, we tend like, whoa, free drinks. And then we would like bring home some of them, <laughs> like the milk, but also the canned drinks. <laughs> Remember, we also did that for wine. Ah, yes. <laughs> 
aside from a lot of beer cans, they would also have like two bottles of wine, I think. But the really mm. cheap ones. So mm. it was just there. Nobody had taken the wine. So one of us, maybe it was Ray, he decided to bring it home. And then what happened? Mm. I think we broke the bottle. I yeah, remember. but why though? Do you remember? Okay, let me tell the story since I, I, he doesn't I, I seem to remember. I just remember it broke. So he decided to bring home the free bottle of wine to their mm. house. And then we said, okay, yay, let's enjoy this bottle of wine. There was one problem though. We didn't have a bottle opener. Do you remember now? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh my God. And it was late. Mm. So they decided to Google how to open a bottle of wine without... (laughs) A corkscrew, yeah. For some reason, you found on YouTube that you could wrap it in towels or something and try to gently Mm. bump it against the wall so that the cork would somehow slowly go out. We do not recommend that way. It's a fake news, guys. Just go purchase a corkscrew. Instead <laughs> of breaking, breaking the bottle of wine. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. In Singapore, I think it's usually like there's a budget allotted per team. Every quarter, mm. each person has like $50. It's not given to you in cash. You have to spend it on a team mm. bonding activity and then reimburse it. The thing was though, in Singapore, I found that they were really not into activities. Most of them just preferred to use the money for eating. Ah, yes. Well, unless like you're a close team, like my team, though we actually had activities like we did the virtual reality shooting zombies or something. And then we also did a lot of karaoke. We also had hiking. So there are not a lot of mountains in Singapore. <laughs> yeah, there are right. just hills. So we went to Makrichi Reservoir. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. Remember when we we're still in the same department and then we went to Universal Studios? Ah, yes. I remember <laughs> that. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We saved three quarters quarter's worth of budget mm-hmm. and then went to Universal Studios and it was fun. And <laughs> there was that incident where our boss was asking, hey, the mummy ride, is that scary? And I said, mm-hmm. no, kids would ride this attraction without a problem. And then, <laughs> then what happened? it was a roller coaster ride, right? So, And you can see in the photo because, you know, there's a certain section of that ride that they would take a photo and uh-huh. the boss was so scared. Like... <laughs> And at the end, we became frenemies. You like, you lied to me. You told me this was a safe, fun ride. Yeah, yeah. But I remember also that time, maybe there were two Singaporeans mm. who did not join us. Like, they just took their ticket and then they went there after we had come in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Why? very, very weird, weird of them. And I remember, like, our boss was also annoyed with them for that. Mm. He felt like, why would you do that? This is a team outing activity. Why would you go mm. solo? Whereas the rest of us were like, oh, we're all wearing I love SG shirts and then we're all uh, yes. having fun. In Hong Kong, I think, well, again, not fair to compare during pandemic, but I did manage to attend one event. It was hiking. Because unlike mm. Singapore, Hong Kong have a lot of mountains. Mm. My company, they organized a hiking event. It was very tiring for me because I'm not used to exercising or just being at home <laughs> for so long. And like, oh my God, why, why? Like, I'm regretting <laughs> attending this event all the way going up. But all the way going down, I was fine. The view is so beautiful. It's like nothing 
thing that I've seen in Singapore. Mm. Team events in Japan are mostly dining, like dinner and all that. Oh, okay. Ah, karaoke is like a staple here. Oh, right. Like, okay. Because yeah, obviously, Japan loves karaoke. And But do they sing Japanese songs and then you don't understand them? At first, they are kind of hesitant. They would sing English songs mm-hmm. like Spice Girls and all that. But then at the end of the day, there's only so much that they can sing in English. So they would transition <laughs> to Japanese. But that's fine because I enjoy some Japanese songs ah. as well. So. And also, you will learn to pick up the language maybe, the, mm. the songs. Through, uh, yeah. through songs. So yeah. In that case, that's the similar thing in Singapore. They mm. would usually sing Mandarin songs. Although mm. they also do know a few English songs like maybe Backstreet Boys. Mm. In Japan, do they all think that, oh, you're Filipino, you must have a good voice. Is that a thing? Yeah, that's the problem. There's <laughs> always that prejudgment. Yeah. Oh, you're Filipino, so that means you, you can sing. But... <laughs> Yes. Dude, that's a wrong stereotype. Like, yeah. <laughs> Not to say that their voices in Singapore are horrible, but suddenly everyone is saying that they have a really good voice because I've never heard that in the Philippines. Ooh, I see. No, I'm saying that their bar is low. <laughs> so this is like a cycle, right? Your life cycle through a company. So we started with being a new hire. Obviously, it ends with the exit. Mm. You're resigning and you're going to transfer to another company. So let's talk about the differences in the different countries. In the Philippines, it's a combination of two, right? We feel very close to our colleagues. And at the same time, we are very creative. Mm. That is why usually our farewell events are very creative as well. Yes. Like as an example... When I left the Philippines, my department threw a Pinoy Big Brother voluntary exit party for me. <laughs> and then they even made a video for me as well, you know, with nice. my pictures and all that. And I cried at one point. And aside from that, they even created a scrapbook for me. Mm. Again, with pictures and notes from everyone, which I still have. Like, it's one of my most treasured possessions. So, mm. how about you when you left your company in the Philippines? Did you have something like that? I don't really recall. What <laughs> Maybe you're just forgetful. Maybe, but... <laughs> For sure, it's a standard to have a card with everyone's messages. And maybe a video. Yeah, probably a video and messages as well. <laughs> so it's it's very, I would say, very personalized. Yep, very personalized. The card that you receive, it's not those typical that, hey, good luck on your new job, period. That's it. It's usually five paragraph message to you and, you know, how you probably have touched their lives. That's so true. It's, it's, it's a very personal message. And it's because we, we really have built relationships with our colleagues mm-hmm. and that's why saying goodbye is hard and that's why we want to leave you know with, with those messages as well and there's also a downside to that because if your relationship is not that strong with your boss and your manager and that person would feel that oh i got betrayed because oh yeah yeah moving on you're moving to another department so there's always that yeah as we mentioned filipinos take things too personally mm. we're too sensitive so maybe that's the con of that they would feel yeah. slighted yeah like traidor okay maybe not <laughs> uh, but in contrast to Singapore, they are not as creative with their farewells, but they tend to spend money on their presents. Mm. Probably because they have more money and Filipinos not really. <laughs> Maybe it's that. So for mm. me, for example, um, when I left Singapore, my team, because we became really close, they gave me an Apple Watch as my farewell <gasps> gift. Oh, I did not expect so that. Nice. They even also made a video. If they really end up liking you, mm. they will give you something that is not mm. just a card with goodbye good luck because that's the common honestly like yeah. most people it's just a card everyone scribbles like a very short line in it and that's it yeah. but if you actually manage to form a bond with them then they would give you something more and like I think Mildred she was given a GoPro wow before she left Singapore as well what about you do you remember what you got I, I don't really remember <laughs> what I got as well it's really terrible of me but 
Why are you like this? I do remember what Monica received when we were transferring to Japan. Okay. Winter clothes. Like a wow. Show. And that's because, you know, we don't have winter in Singapore. And I remember that because her colleagues actually reached out to me and asked me what I think Mon Mon would need. And that's why I said, oh, just give her winter clothes. And Oh, that was very good. She'd be happy with that. Yeah, you're right. They're practical as well. They won't just mm. like give you something out of sentimental value. To close, we want to say that whichever country we went to, we've experienced several different cultures. Mm-hmm. But there's always that feeling that we as Filipinos, our own culture, we always bring that to the table. We would be jolly. We would invite people to drinks. We would invite people for lunches. And so we've taken that with us wherever we went to, to Singapore, to Hong Kong, and to Japan. And there's that saying that you can take the Filipino out of the Philippines, but you cannot take the Philippines out of the Filipino. Yeah, that is true. Like you mentioned, right? You organize a dance number in Japan, which Mm. I'm sure they were all, what? Are you sure? (laughs) But yeah, that's a Philippine thing. So even though like sometimes cultural differences can be tricky, but Mm. you, you shouldn't necessarily think that you need to stick to just one culture. There's always Mm. a way to marry two different cultures. As long as, of course, you're respectful, you do not insist that the Filipino way should be followed because you're the one who is coming into their country. Yeah. So there are things that we probably need to tone down. Yeah. Or being very sensitive, we probably need to tone that down. Yeah, definitely, yes. It, it will be very difficult for us to work yeah. in an environment where people are frank and candid. And so that's probably something that we need to learn. And also, at the same time, it's not we completely change as a person. Yeah. There's still things and traits, culture deep within us that we still would imbibe to other people. If you bring your Filipino friendliness to your team's mm. lunch, they would enjoy yes. that. And it becomes easier to make friends with them the moment you bring that to the table. Exactly. People will crawl out of their shells because of your inquisitiveness. You know, you talk mm. to them and try to befriend them. And if all else fail, bring alcohol. That's usually <laughs> Yes, I think that's the moral <laughs> lesson here, guys. Yes. <laughs> Uh, ultimate social lubricant. Yeah, maybe alcohol. just not during office hours, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some reason, a lot of foreigners really like San Miguel beer. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Sometimes if there's a drinking session and the event takes place in a family's place, uh-huh. then I would just bring you know, either a Filipino drink, Lambanog as well. I, I brought Lambanog from the Philippines. So it's a good conversation starter for one, but at the same time, bringing unique to the table. Yeah, yeah. And they're mm. always open to trying out new stuff anyway. I mean, if it's just alcohol, it should be fine, right? It's not like you're asking mm. them to eat internal organs or something. <laughs> <laughs> or balut. Yeah, or balut. <laughs> Don't bring balut. Not a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, no, like no. That, so. Yeah, so alcohol is fine, but the line is there. Okay, so that's the moral lesson here then. Alcohol. That's a weird thing to end on. <laughs> For people who have lived outside the Philippines, please let us know how is it like to work in, say, America or Canada or wherever? How do you have lunch? Do you usually eat it at your desk? Mm. Napping? Is that also a thing there? And how do you spend time with your colleagues? Are you friends with them immediately or not? Please let us know Mm. because we would love to hear about your experiences as well. So I am particularly interested to hear about the continents that we haven't mentioned at all because it's all Asia. Yes, that's right. Maybe it's totally different somewhere else. So yeah, yeah, we'll be very interested. Please send us a note. And that's it, I guess. That's it. Bye. Bye.